Welcome everybody, it's Pastor George here at Grace City Church. It's our vision to equip, empower, and encourage emerging leaders. We teach, train, and coach while the Word of God transforms. I'm so elated to take you on a journey into the presence of God. Come on, let's start right now. Come on, you know it. Say it with me. Wow, today's word is, come on, say it, LIT. As you know here at Grace City Church, our acronym for the word LIT, love ignites truth. And today's word being taught in love is igniting the truth of God within me. I am being transformed by the podcast here at Grace City Church, and I'm the one teaching but the word is still transforming our life. Grace City has some amazing projects and assignments coming up this summer, and I want you to consider becoming a covenant partner with us as we fulfill the mission and the vision of Grace City Church. One of our projects this summer, we will be going to Valdosta State University, our local college campus, and we will be passing out body wash, toothpaste, deodorant, soap, personal hygiene things for young women, everything that our college students need that they may not have the opportunity to get on their own. Also, we're going to do a load on us this summer, which means that we will go inside of their dorms and we will pay for their clothes to be washed. We might even help them fold a little bit. But we just want our college students to know that there is a community of leaders, a community of believers who are covering them in prayer, who want to encourage, equip, and empower them. I pray that you will consider becoming a covenant partner and agreeing with us and giving your time, your talent, or your treasure. If you would like to give to help Grace City in our endeavors this summer and our projects and our assignments that we have coming up. You can give via cash app at Grace City C. Again, that is Grace City C. Well, let's get back into the word. I pray the word of God transforms your life like it's doing mine. Could you do me a favor here at Grace City? Could you subscribe to our podcast, whether on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Anchor? Leave us a review, rate us, let us know how the Word of God has been impacting your life. Once you subscribe, do me another favor. Send this word to one of your family members, your neighbors, your friends, and even tell your enemy that your deliverance has come. If you like to be connected to Grace City Church, please do not be afraid to email us, leave a review on the bottom of our podcast, and let us know that you want to be connected and committed to what God is doing here at Grace City Church. God is doing some great things, and he has a great work for us to do, and truth be told, we can't do it without you. Welcome, 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 welcome. Hey, everybody. I am so excited, as always, 
that you have joined us today. It is an honor and a privilege to take these few moments to speak into your life. It is really, I say it again, it is really an honor that you listen to our podcast here at Grace City Church. And I want to tell you, thank you. Thank you so much for you being committed and consistent to listening. I really appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. And it encourages me to know that those of you who are listening are faithful listeners. You're committed. You're consistent. And I pray that you are enjoying our content, our presentation. I hope that the word is really transforming your life. And and I just hope that you're growing spiritually and that you see the growth in you spiritually, that since we've started this journey, I pray that you have seen that growth that you desire to see in your life. And if you haven't seen that growth, I want to challenge you to go back and listen to the podcast. Even if you have to take your time and go all the way back to the beginning, or maybe there's some particular podcast you need to go back and listen to, I want to challenge you to go back and listen to those podcasts so that you can begin to build on the foundation that has already been laid by Jesus Christ. So today, we're going to continue our subject on fasting. If you have, had, if you have not had the opportunity to listen to our previous podcast, as we say, don't leave right now. But after today's podcast, go back and listen to our previous episodes. I promise you, as you discover and digest God's word, the indwelling spirit within you will stimulate growth, which produces supernatural victorious strength. And if you open up your heart and you just receive the word of God and really go through your life and apply this word to every area of your life, you kind of got to do it like cream. You got to, when you have a sore, you really got to apply that cream to every area there's a sore. And when you listen to these words, you got to go and apply this word to every area of your life that you need it. Like I said, we're going to continue today talking on the subject of fasting. When you hunger for God, he will fill you. That is a promise. That when you hunger for God, when you have a desire, a craving for God, he will fill you. So many times we look for people to fill us, but it's really he is the one that is filling us. Though the word may come, the oracles may come through the mouth of men and women, it is the Holy Spirit that is the one that is filling us. He said, my words are spirit and they are life. As you're listening to this word today, you are receiving the spirit. You're receiving life. He said, that's what his word is. His word is spirit and it is life. And as we're ministering today and talking about fasting, I want you to know that he's feeling you. He's feeling you with what? He's feeling you with more of him. So when you hunger for God, he will feel you. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed, covered are those who hunger, look at this, and thirst for righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. Covered are those, favored are those, blessed are those who hunger, who have a craving, a desire 
for righteousness, for right standing with God. He didn't say blessed are those who are gifted. He didn't say blessed are those who are chosen. He didn't say blessed are those who are called. He didn't say blessed are those who have a style of preaching. He didn't say blessed are those who are just uh, educators or, or whatever you are. He didn't just say blessed are those, but he said blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. See, you're blessed when you are an educator that is hungry and you're thirsty for righteousness. You're blessed when you're a preacher that is gifted, that is hungry and thirsty for righteousness. You are blessed when whatever you do, when you have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. You know how it is when you're hungry. I want something. When you're really hungry, sometimes you know exactly what you want. I've got a taste for this and nothing else will fulfill this craving. I'm thirsty. I feel almost like I got the dry mouth. I need something to drink. He said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after right standing with God. Righteousness. That's what the word righteousness means. It means right standing with God. I'm blessed when I want to be in alignment with God. I'm blessed when I want to be right with God. You might be rejected by people, but I'd rather be rejected by people and be in the righteousness of God than be accepted by people and not be in the righteousness of God. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for right standing with God. And I know that you are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. How do you know, pastor? You are listening to this podcast today. You have been committed and consistent to applying the principles that we've taught on this podcast, and you've gone in the practice of fasting And I know that you are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. You're saying, I may not be perfect, but the word perfect means mature. I may not be walking in the fullness of my salvation, which we won't walk in the fullness of our salvation until Jesus Christ comes and changes us. But what you are saying is, I do want to be the righteousness of God. What does that mean? What's the difference between perfection and righteousness? Righteousness says, I'm aware of my imperfection, but it is not an excuse for me to strive, to not strive for perfection. Righteousness says, I understand that there are some areas in my life that I'm immature, but I'm striving for immaturity. That's why I'm fasting. That's why I'm praying. Righteousness says, I know that there are some areas in my life that I could be more accountable, that I could be more consistent. I could be more committed. I could be sharp in the area of my prayer life. But that is why I'm coming to this podcast. That is why I'm fasting because I want to pursue God. That's why I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. That's a righteous person. A righteous person does not get condemned when they hear the word because we're not under condemnation. But a righteous person feels conviction. They feel the conviction that pushes them to pursue God. That conviction 
salvation drives them in the presence of God. That's a righteous person. A righteous person doesn't live under guilt and shame, but a righteous person knows how to confess their faults. One ye to another. You understand? A righteous person knows how to pray the prayer of faith. A righteous person says like the man in the Bible, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Blessed are those who are seeking after the righteousness of God. Look what he said. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew 5 and 6. If you are hungry for righteousness, if you are saying, Lord, I want to be more like you. I want to possess more of your fruit, a quality of your fruit. He said, you shall be filled. There was not a time that you will want more of God when you really have a hunger and a thirst for him, a desire for him, and he will not fill you. The transforming power of Jesus Christ lives within you. But as you discover and digest the word of God, that that transforming power will become stimulated it will become, it will start to grow. It will be like a, a, a light that has been lit as you began to open the word of God and get in the word of God and listen to this podcast and keep them inside of your ear and continue fasting. You shall be filled. I'm speaking to somebody who feels like change is so far from them. I'm speaking to somebody who feels like I want to stop this. I want to be delivered but it seems so hard. I want to tell you that the transforming power of Jesus Christ lives within you, that the change you want to see is going to begin in you, that the change you want to see is already in you. It's inside of your spirit. And as you listen to this podcast, the transforming power of Jesus Christ will come alive within you. You begin to develop a hunger for the deeper things of God, he will fill you. However, sometimes just being in a good service is not enough. I believe God is already raising up people in this hour who do not want a diet of just church as normal any longer. And I know that you are in that remnant of believers who don't want just a diet of church as normal any longer, but you really have a hunger for the deeper things of God. Whether you are aware of that hunger or not, or really what it is, you are. And you have to be aware of that. You have to discover that. You have to acknowledge that. You have to accept that. That the reason why you are consistent and committed to listening to this podcast in the first place is because you have a hunger for a more intimate relationship with the Spirit. Is you had a hunger for to go on a journey for transformation. That's why you're fasting. You have that hunger for something deeper, not just a regular church service, not just what you've seen seen before, what you've experienced before, but the Bible says, I'm doing a new thing that you want to know him in a fresh way. You want to continue to have that fresh fire. You know, Resurrection Sunday is coming up in a few weeks. And a lot of people focus on the seven last sayings of Jesus. A lot of people have a service entitled the seven last sayings where they talk about uh, literally the seven last sayings of Jesus. But a lot of people don't talk about 
him after he had already risen from the dead. There's a story in the gospel that talks about these two people who were walking on a journey and the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus in the flesh, but in another form, walked with them. And they began to share with each other about the crucifixion and about Jesus and about the teachings he had shared. But they did not know that he was already there. They didn't know that he was with them. They weren't aware because they could not see. It had not been revealed to them yet because they were looking for the Messiah pre-crucifixion. They were looking for the Jesus pre-crucifixion. What are you saying, Pastor? They were looking for the Jesus that they had experienced before. They were looking for the Jesus that they had in the last season. Bring it home to me, Pastor. So many times we can get caught up in pre-crucifixion. We can get caught up in how we knew God. We can get caught up in what we knew church was like. We can get caught up on what service used to be like. And sometimes they say, let's go back to the old church. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the foundation. But so many people are trying to hold the practices and the experience, not the God of the old church, but they want to hold hostage the experience of the old church because of how it made them feel. It was pre-crucifixion. It was not a lot of interdependence in that. It wasn't a lot of trust because he was there with them. Uh, he spoke with them in an intimate way. But now, post-crucifixion, after he's died, now it requires another debt of maturity. Now it requires them to go and know him in a greater way, a deeper way, a more intimate way. Doesn't that sound like you and I now where we are in life? That some seasons we were so felt like we were uh, buddy buddies with the Holy Spirit. We just knew everything. We knew everything every move, every direction. But as you begin to mature, the language of the relationship begins to change. The way he begins to speak with you, the way he begins to reveal things to you, it begins to change as you mature because now you're adopting the language of a mature Christian, of an adult. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away the childish things. There's a new nature. There's a new language that comes with maturity. So they didn't know that this man that was with them was really the Christ because they were so uh, infatuated with what he had done that they forgot that his work was not through, but now his work would began in them, that they would receive the Holy Spirit. And he did eventually reveal himself to them and who he was. But how many times have we been in a new place trying to hold on to an old experience? And now we're trying to confirm pair where we are now with what we had before and we're disappointed, we're discouraged because where we are now doesn't look like where we were before. But there's a resurrection. There's a new thing, a new power, a new grace, a new revelation, a new enlightenment. Glory to God. It did not take away the foundation of what Jesus taught before the crucifixion. It's a continuation. Come on, let's continue. Let's go on to greater works now. Let's go on to greater things now. And the way we're going to do that is we've got to go back to fasting and praying. Now that's a part of the foundation we will never get away from. It's a continuation. 
So I don't want you to hold hostage that experience. They don't hold hostage the God of the experience. They hold hostage the experience. And many times we go in new places looking for the old thing. We go in new places, new relationships, new connections, new churches, and we have become so uh, peculiar when it comes to how we respond to relationships that we purposely watch for patterns of where we were before so we can talk ourselves out of where God is trying to take us. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. The song says, since I laid my burdens down. Come on, you got to lay that burden down right now. That burden of trying to compare where you are now to what you left. You can't compare Grace City to where you were before. I don't know where you are in your life right now. You may not be a part of Grace City, but wherever you were before, you cannot try to compare where you are now to where you were before. That God said, I'm doing a new thing. I'm moving in a fresh way. I'm a God. Look at this. He said every day there are new mercies, new grace every day. Every day I refresh you. I give you new mercy and new grace. Yes, I have the same pattern. Yes, you can find me in in Genesis and look at me in Revelation and I was consistent with the way that I handled things in the earth. But I'm going to do something fresh. I'm going to do it. It might have happened before, but it's going to be fresh. I speak the newness of the spirit upon you as you fast I speak that the Holy Spirit is going to make you fresh again as you begin to fast and pray and as you begin to seek him I decree and declare you will not have to lust after the former glory you will not have to remember how you used to have a relationship with the spirit but I decree and declare over your life that as you begin to go deeper and as you begin to have this hunger and this thirst for the spirit that this new relationship that will evolve between you and the spirit will surpass anything you ever thought you had. I know you want him to use you how he used to use you, but that was an old season. It's a new season now. There's a new people you've got to reach. There's a new assignment on your life. Glory to God. You might be doing the same thing, but the assignment can change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you got to learn how to open up and receive what he's doing in your life. Now, I know it's not normal, but receive it. I know it's new for you, but receive it. I'm writing a book, and the book is entitled Don't Be Afraid to Begin Again. Well, that's the gist of the book. It's talking about how you can't be afraid to start over. You can't be afraid to begin again. The Bible says... The Bible says that he told them that when they began to put the tools in the hand, Nehemiah, that is the day that he, heaven, began to rejoice. When they first got started, start small and finish big. God will always keep you in a place, if you're really a believer, where you've got to learn something new. He will always keep you in a place where you've got to learn something new. And the reason why he keeps you in a place where you've got to learn something new, because it 
it keeps you depending on him. It keeps you in interdependence with him. It keeps you saying, Lord, if it had not been for your grace and your mercy, which is new every day, I don't know where I would be. Glory to God. I'm going to lift those hands right now. I know we're on a podcast, but this is something new. This is something fresh. Don't compare this to what you heard before. Don't compare this podcast to yesterday's podcast. Don't compare this part to the part before the break, but receive the newness of the Lord that is on your life. These people who want more of God, this remnant you, you're breaking out of religious rules. You're breaking out of a religious rule that says you can only have church on Wednesday and Sunday. You're breaking out of that religious rule. You know, that's a religious rule. Come on, come on, come on. That's a religious rule that says those are the only days you can worship. Or these days, if you don't worship on these days, these ways, and this place, then you don't really want God. There were some people who said, no, I need him more than on Sunday morning or for 30 minutes. I need him more on Wednesday night for maybe two hours. I need him every day do I need as much word as I can get? I need somebody who's going to spend time in the presence of God that's going to bring about a word that is going to provoke me into the presence of God. That's what I need. We need to be provoked. See, in churches, we got to break that religious tradition that they try to make everybody preachers. No, if you, the Bible says, how can they hear unless there be a preacher? How can they preach unless they be sent? You might be a hearer. Somebody else might be a preacher. But you take what the preacher is preaching and you allow what they're preaching to provoke you in the presence of God. Just because a person is preaching does not mean they have a, a deeper a intimate relationship with the spirit than you do. That just means they've been called to preach. There were some people who preach with no relationship. There were some people who speak on behalf of the church and not on behalf of God. They speak on behalf of the people and not on the behalf of God. When you are a true believer, a speaker of the spirit, you speak on behalf of God to the people. You, uh, you communicate to the people what God is saying, what the spirit is saying. Glory to God. You are his ambassador in the earth. But so many believers have become an ambassador of the earth and trying to take what the earth is saying to heaven. And heaven is saying, that's not what I chose you for. That's not what I chose you for. I chose you to be an ambassador on the earth from heaven. You relate to earth what heaven is saying. Heaven is saying, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. I know because things have changed and you're not in the tradition that you thought you should be in, you feel uncovered, but the devil is a liar. Did you hear me? I want to talk to somebody and you say, well, sometimes I feel uncovered. The devil is a liar. Matthew 5 and 6 says, blessed are those. What does blessed mean? Covered and protected. Favored are those 
who hunger and thirst after righteousness. As long as you are in right standing with God, as long as you are in a righteous place with God, you're covered by the Spirit of God. Now, God will use man in the earth to represent a covering. But if God has not ordered that into your life, then he's covering you under Psalms 91. He that dwelleth, y'all, I'm not trying to preach. I'm trying to talk to you. This is a podcast that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Almighty. Come on here. You're covered in Psalms 91. Can I tell somebody? You might have a spiritual covering, but you're still covered by the word. He's going to break us out of those religious regulations. He's going to break us out of those religious traditions, out of those customs that the world put on you. He said, take my yoke upon upon you. Learn of me. We've learned of what the world said church is. We've allowed the world to define what church should look like. When he said, take my yoke, not the world's yoke, take my yoke upon me and learn of me. We're taking the yoke of society and then coming into the church and our belief system with what society says we should believe. With how society says We should believe. No, take his yoke. Take off some of those rules and regulations that society, I'm not just talking about the world. There's a society in the tradition of what we consider church that has tried to teach people what Christ is, what grace is, what mercy is, what love is through their traditions, their rules, and their regulations that have been passed down. Many people still have a slave mentality of religion, of relationship. That's why it's religion or relationship. Which one do you want? Which one do you want? Come on here. Glory to God. Now, in my relationship, I choose the religion, the doctrine of Jesus Christ. I choose the practice. But some people want religion. They don't want Jesus. They want tradition. They don't want Jesus. They want what grandmama taught me. I don't want the God of the church. I don't want the son that saved me, the redeemer that keepeth me, the sanctifier, the propitiator. But when you have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, you are a uh, you are a rebel. You need to be a rebel for God. They tell you about being a rebel for everything else. Instead of being rebellious against God, be a rebel for God. You be rebellious against these religious regulations that people have put on you that Jesus is saying, that's not my yoke. That's not my yoke. That's a practice, but that's not my yoke. That was their conviction, their expectation, but that's not my yoke. You got to know people's expectation for you versus God's yoke. Take my yoke. You learn of me. You listen to this word, receive this word. You learn of me. What is the yoke? In my yoke, there is the principle, the discipline, the practice of fasting. That's in my yoke. 
learning of me. I want to end there today. I want to end there with you taking off the yoke of this world and putting on the yoke of the spirit. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. I decree and declare today that the yoke of the world is being destroyed off of you. That the yoke that many people and the system of the church have put on believers that our religious traditions and rituals are being broken off of you. And you will receive the yoke of Jesus Christ and you will learn of him that he has sent you a preacher. And all you have to do is discover and digest. Hear the preacher. The word hear in the word of God. When you see that word hear, let them, let them that have the ear hear what the spirit is saying unto the church. That word hear means to obey. It means to respond. When the word is preached, you respond to it with yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Welcome, everybody. I am so glad that you have joined us today. As always, I'm excited to share these few moments with you. If this is your first time listening to the Grace City Church podcast, you are in for a treat, but you have missed some podcasts that have been lit. And our acronym here for the word lit is Love Ignites Truth. You have missed some words that have really ignited the truth of God within us and have really transformed our lives and put us in a righteous place with God. So I want you to go back and listen to those previous podcasts so that you can get up to date and get the fullness of where we are, but do it after today's episode. We left off last time talking about the newness of the Lord. And I really was decreeing and declaring the newness of the Lord upon you and that God wants to do a fresh thing in your life. I still feel that. And I still decree that that God wants to do something fresh in your life and you cannot hold hostage your last victory. A lot of people will constantly remind you of their last victory, of the last accomplishment that they made in their life. And they kind of throw that up in people's faces because they're afraid that they won't get a victory greater than that. But I decree and declare, I prophesy that every victory that you're going to have from now until the end of your life will literally go from glory to glory and it will require you to go from faith to faith. That as you allow the Holy Spirit to stretch your faith, he's going to stretch your victory. If you allow him to stretch your faith, your victory will go beyond what eyes can even imagine, what you ever thought because you are committed to God and committed to the principles and the practices and the word of God and you are committed to your spiritual growth. So we're going to pick up where we left off on our last podcast. Hungry people are desperate people. Hungry people are desperate people. Even when you think about that in the natural and you think about a person that's hungry, they're sometimes they're desperate. They'll do anything just to get that food. And hungry people, when they come into the house of God, first of all, we can't even say when they come into the house of God, thank you, Holy Spirit. Hungry people begin in their home. They start their desperation for the spirit inside of that house. I'm talking about 
true hungry people will begin to labor in their house for the spirit. I even had to correct myself this week that while you're fasting, it doesn't mean you can go on a binge watching your favorite episodes to your TV show. But when you are hungry for God, you will spend time in prayer. You'll spend time in the word. It's not enough to fast, but we have to fast and pray. Remember, we talked about there's a difference in praying and seeking God, that we've got to fast and pray pray. So hungry people are desperate. So when they have those times of praise and worship, they're not worried about who's watching them. A hungry person will go around their house lifting up their hands, singing songs, praising God, worshiping God, praying in their secret place. A hungry person, when they come into the sanctuary uh, with other believers, they automatically lift their hands. They are the exaltation. You know, exaltation, a person who is an exalter, I compare it to like a cheerleader or, or for a sports team, let's say a football team. The cheerleaders are really are going in exaltation. They're leading the crowd and letting the crowd know that we're going to cheer. Whether they score, whether they don't score, whether the other team scores, we're still here to cheer on. What are we doing? We're keeping the spirit, the momentum, the atmosphere alive. Glory to God. And see, when you are a person that is hungry for God, you will set the atmosphere for your home. You will set the atmosphere for wherever you go. Do you know how you set the atmosphere? You set the atmosphere in your heart. Mm. I had to say, mm, because that was good. That was mm, mm, good. When you set the atmosphere in your heart, you know, when you're hungry, you set that atmosphere in your heart. My heart is already right. When, when I go into a place, the atmosphere, I set the atmosphere, not by what I say, but what's in my heart and what comes out of my mouth is because there's gratefulness flowing from my heart. I will tell you this quick story that I went to a service about a month ago and it was in a town that was weird. The church was rather small, rather funny looking. It was rather weird itself. It was a very eye-opening experience. So when we got in the church, that was weird once again. That was strange. It was small. It wasn't the size. It was the condition. That'll preach. It wasn't the size. It was a condition. And so there were people who got up one lady got up to lead a song for, I guess they would consider that devotion, and her heart was not in it. You could tell she was feeling a spot or feeling time. She was just told, you're singing tonight, or she knew that that was her obligation to sing, and she got up there as a filibuster, and she was singing the song of the Lord, uh, can't remember the song, she was singing the song, but her heart wasn't in it. And because her heart wasn't in it, the atmosphere wasn't set. It was stuffy. People were looking around. Nobody was really, you know, there to do what we came for. It was not because people didn't come and want to have an experience or an encounter, 
But the people who were supposed to lead, like the cheerleader leads the audience, the person who was supposed to exalt, their heart was not in it. That's like if the cheerleaders come out on the field looking defeated, looking as if they already lost the game. That's how the person got up. The person got up already looking defeated. If you would apply this, if you would receive this, you can apply this to every area of your life. The person already, the presenter already got up looking defeated. And I'm sure she didn't just look defeated. I'm sure her facial expression what was, uh, was an inward expression of what was in her heart. Her external expression was coming from an internal express, expression, okay? So she got up looking defeated. Another lady grabbed the mic who did not look defeated. No, Siri, I didn't accidentally summon you. Who already looked defeated, but her heart was not right. She was trying to make you praise, make you worship. Come on, you, y'all, I've been at work all day. I, I'm tired just like everybody else. Come on, you're going to praise God too. That, that is the wrong way. That's the wrong way. But there was a man in the audience who genuinely could not sing, but who genuinely had a song that he wanted to sing. And as he began to sing the song of what was in his heart to me, and when I scanned the audience, everyone else, it was like a refreshing. He couldn't sing. The ladies could sing better than him, but his heart was right. His heart was in the right posture. And the atmosphere was set for the spirit, for us to glorify our father, which was in heaven, because his heart, Set the atmosphere. What am I trying to tell you? Your heart will set the atmosphere. When you are hungry and you're thirsty after him, hungry people are desperate. They will push over the custom. They will push over the ritual. They don't want to leave hungry. Hungry people, once again, are desperate people. And they are hungry for more of God than they have ever had. They are breaking out of religious rules, regulations, and traditions. Thinking and breaking through to more of his presence, more of his power, to turn situations around, more of his healing power, and more of his miracle working power. Only Jesus satisfies that hunger. Look what it said again. They are hungry for more of God than they've ever had. There are people, you right now, you listening to me, you are hungry for more of God than you have ever had. And if you don't know what I'm telling you, that's the reason you're listening to me. You're listening to me because you want more of God. I just want you to say that. Say that within yourself. I want more of God. Now confess it out of your mouth. I want more of God. I'm listening. I'm committed. I'm consistent because I really want more from God.